0: Coming up on Jess Elder's Podcast. So I do this thing where whenever black people are formal, I'm going to wear dashiki. You say you're from Atlanta, right? Hey,
1: I'm from Riverdale, Georgia. <laughs> I always tell people part of my story. Yeah. I joined the gang at 12, mm. found Christ at 18 and became a better woman at 21. Me being in. 5th and 6th grade I remember girls in 8th grade pregnant we from did you put in work or were
0: you just flying a flag did
1: you put in work no 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 I put in work but let me tell you when it got real for me
0: Okay. I
1: got the county award when I graduated I applied to 10 colleges I didn't get into one preach all the time is that when you open your mouth to say something whether you talk to somebody five, fifteen, fifty, 50 or 500 make it meaningful you a black man that want to invest in you. I'm just saying. Hey. On you. <laughs>
0: I love you, black man. I love you, love you, love you
1: so much. I really am. I really am a one of the world's most impactful public
0: speakers, motivational speakers. Please make some noise for motivational speaker Malani. <laughs> a word to the young people listening to the podcast right now <clears throat> ready born ready it's wednesday <clears throat> time for your favorite podcast the favorite podcast with the stars and today's stars. gonna be a good moment
1: i, I got a beautiful guest with me i'm super excited about this young lady
0: she's amazing
1: do me a favor, turn this thing up.
0: Hey, hey, hey. We're going to do it just like this. What's up, family? It's your boy, Eldridge. You are tuning to the Just Eldridge podcast, the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. I'm super excited because we're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. I say it every time, and I mean it every single time. Welcome, welcome. Round of applause, round of applause. Thank you to each and every last person to listen to last week's episode. We appreciate you. We thank you for the love. If you haven't listened to it, do a favor, go back. You're going to miss a good one if you don't. Um, but let's dive right into this one. Um, as you all know, we do something what we call the Just Series, where I interview people who are just dope. Um, some people I know, some people I don't know. Some are friends, uh, some are colleagues. Some are people that I just admire Online, and I'm finally getting to experience them offline. But luckily, this person is someone that I've had the privilege of knowing for a little second, and she's truly dope. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to my friend, somewhat my young sister, but I look up to her, the beautiful, intelligent Milani.
1: Thank you. I- I'm just so blessed to be here today. And let me just let everybody know that I met Elle (laughs) on some real, like, suit and tie, okay? And so, the honor is not just me being here, but just meeting you in a setting that was... So high key and just a pivotal moment in my life.
0: It was the dinner, right? It was the dinner. So look, but, but, look, I got I to gotta set the tone <laughs> because the person who invited me to the dinner has been on this podcast. Yeah. All right. So if y'all did through the crates, uh, y'all know Sister Anya. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Anya, <laughs> Anya Lewis. <laughs> so Anya Lewis is having a birthday dinner. Yes. At uh, the legendary Mac. <laughs> well born's house. Yeah. And if you're in Atlanta, you know who Mac is. Yes. Like Mac is that guy. Yes. So um, I actually got a bum invite. Anya didn't know me. Her friend knew me. And her friend was like, yo, Elders, this guy's dope. You gonna know,
2: you gonna like him. <laughs> this is back Spendify day. Exactly. <laughs> this is. <laughs> y'all dig to the craze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This Legendary. is Legendary. I, I, re- I remember this. I remember this spark that New York. It, exactly. It. Yeah,
0: it So uh, so she was like, yo, you going to like Eldritch? So I get there. And, you know, I do this thing where whenever black people are formal, I'm going to wear dashiki. Like, that is my official new thing. I just want to show us we can dress up, and we can dress up to our cultural standards. So I came up in that thing with a dashiki (laughs) on. Anya answered the door like, who is this nigga? (laughs) And she didn't want to let me in. But the night was a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was there. Alana, you were—were uh, were you his assistant?
1: Or? Yeah. So, so Mac is my godfather.
0: Oh, and, okay, okay. But okay. anything
1: that happens at his house, normally, what politically, if he's just having dinner, I'm always an assistant, right. just because I, I know where everything is. I've been there a lot of times. I always run into great people. Right. And so that night was really special for me because I was not into like STEM. Mm-hmm. And all of you all had such a well versed, you know, just language in STEM and technology and art and science and just every politics everything yeah, it like- and it was it was it was a vibe but you probably don't even remember but we we were in the kitchen and we were having a conversation it was about it it, it wasn't about anything crazy it was just more so on the concept of you know like what do you believe in why do you believe in it like why is what you're doing important to you and at the time i was working for a sports marketing company and i would never told you that I didn't fully enjoy it or that I wasn't fulfilled. I think you just kind of sensed it like you doing it, but it's not what you absolutely love. And I just remember you just poking at me and I'm like, what's up with him? Like what What's good? (laughs) You know, just like, you know how, when you meet people and they just like see right through you, and I just remember you just being like, like, we'll we'll keep in touch because I, I want to know, like, what the process, what your process is going to be like. Like, do you say, do you go, you know, what's going to be that thing that keeps you? Are you going to have faith enough to leave if right. leaving is your thing? You know, whatever it is like you. you I remember, it, like, I remember
0: the conversation. Yeah, like you I weren't remember.
1: being a butt. You were just real adamant about, yo, like, we got to stop doing that. Stop settling. Yeah, that's so all I'm gonna say. I it's in. I I say all that to say it's an honor for me to be here because I remember that that conversation. I remember meeting you, and so to now be uh, an older, younger adult, right? <laughs> you know, watching the show, watching the culture trends change Mm -hmm. and then you look around and you still see people that's like nah, they still on the front line they are who they said they are they are Mm -hmm. who they said they will always be and so it's just great you know to to be here to love on you and your crew you know i said that anything goes so i don't know what he's gonna (laughs) ask me but i'm excited (laughs) because i really love the show (laughs) like (laughs) you have some firecracker women on here and
0: i'm like i do it's every day
1: amazing okay and so i i i love you i love what it is that you're doing for for us and for people for humans and i just just want to continue to see it flourish and like who better to do my first podcast with hey, man, you? Make, sure,
0: make sure y'all clip that man i got clip that, huh? that man that i'm post that on Instagram tomorrow. So right, so here we go all right so uh first of all let me just say this i've been going through something hey 1,855 days Challenge that's basically,
2: that's basically what she said That she, was about that time ago It was, was About that long 2017 17, It
0: was, yep, it was
1: 2017,
0: Yeah 2017 Damn Damn has been a minute So let me say this Milani, I love you because you You remind me of Keith In the sense of you are super talented, but you do not mind, and you flourish in the support role. Mm-hmm. Like You've supported a lot of brands out here. Like mm-hmm. you said, you've been assisting them. I know you're doing a million things. So today we're going to talk about you, though. You know what I'm saying? The genesis of who Lonnie is, why she ticks the way she ticks. Yeah. I believe if more people came with the angle that you bring to the world, you know what I'm saying? A lot of us will be a lot further. Yeah. Because I've seen you to be the bit of engine to a lot of major contributions. Thank
2: so you. I'll, let's get
0: to it. So you, uh, you, uh, uh, you say you're from Atlanta, right? Hey,
1: I'm from
0: Riverdale,
1: Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me do the Waka Riverdale in here. <laughs> Rib- I'm from Riverdale. <laughs> Riverdale, born at Crawford Long. My dad is a real East Side nigga. And my mom is a real country bumpkin. <laughs>
0: <Damn>. <laughs> perfect is that? Yeah, perfect. perfect blend. Perfect blend. I
1: listen, perfect blend. I could not. There you go. You could not dance. Gelato, dope gelato hold on my d four, oh, follow. Like Next She's the voice in the city right now. Don't ever get it twisted. And she from the south, and that's south with the L.
0: Hey, let me tell y'all. My... Down
1: Tara, down 85, Valley Hill, Jonesboro, 231, tuck, tuck, tuck. wherever you wanna,
2: listen, we wherever you hey,
0: wanna be at. South side different. Different. It's different. Big difference. So let me tell you this quick story, my dumbass.
1: So.
0: So, shout out to Lovejoy.
1: But <laughs> the
0: Shout out to Lovejoy. I got locked up at Lovejoy Youth <laughs> Detention Center. I know Center. you stayed there a long time. If you got
1: locked <laughs> up on a Friday.
0: Hey, look, Lovejoy Youth Detention Center. I got locked up because my dumb ass is from Monroe, Monroe, Georgia. Y'all already know. Shout stand out up. to Monroe. Oh. Um, but we had a brilliant idea, you know what I'm saying? Me and my brother, we were like, we were living our lyrics. So anything we rap about, we're going to live that shit. You know what I'm saying? And and one of the songs, we robbing niggas. So we got to go rob some niggas, you know what I'm saying? You can't be no wankster because 50 Cent, 50 Cent was calling out all wanksters. And I refused really? to be one. So I'm going to live my lyrics. So we were like, man, you know, Monroe too small, let's not let's go up the road. That's what country folk call Let's go up yes, the road so we can goddamn ride niggas up there and then we can just come back you know, chill out in the country. Mm-hmm. So we had this bright idea. We were like, man, let's go to the Riverdale. It sounds like we can get niggas over there. <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah. Why didn't we go to Clayton County, bruh, to rob niggas at Green Brahma? <laughs> <laughs> we got our ass locked up so fast. That shit was horrible, man. Until the day I'm scared to go. No, you me. was at
1: South Lake. If you were yeah, yeah, party, that's yes, what I mean. That been yes, South, South, South Lake,
0: South Lake, mom, man. Yeah, you man.
1: definitely. Man. You lucky you wasn't
0: there. It, was Victorio Sheriff? No, I, I don't think he was. sheriff. Oh, okay, man. yeah, because you. But I, but this was when, um, Southside Mafia, Southside Mafia.
1: I had a, a guy that was like my big brother that was in Southside Mafia. Tank. I looked up to was in Southside Mafia. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, Southside Mafia
0: was <clears throat> that shit. Yes, that they man. were. And look, I'm so, not here for. so I got locked up. This was back when I was in middle school. So I was going by my name, Emmanuel. It was a nigga in Southside of off your name, Emmanuel, who was light skinned. When that baby got killed in the park, y'all remember it was that shootout in the park. Baby got killed. They because I didn't have my ID. They were like, "Oh, this." They asked for my name, and I said Emmanuel, and he was wanted. So I almost um... got pent up on some whole other shit, bro. <laughs> Long story short, that's my relationship with I the South I get South locked
1: up. up in Clayton County. Yeah, man, all right, I'm supposed to be like, man, man. I'm like, listen, no. you just got to know where to slow down, know where to speed up. You got to know which road not to turn down.
0: That's it. Uh, and not, you get to go. I'm not messing with Clayton County. You get to go.
1: Born and raised there. Um, I went to Callaway Elementary. I went to Kendrick. I went to Adams. I went to Mount Zion. I always tell people part of my story. Yeah. I joined the gang at 12. Mm found Christ at 18, and became a better woman at 21. And so what's interesting about me
0: is Don't, that ble- don't breathe over that. Hold on. All right, so <laughs> you just said a lot, yeah, yeah, and we did yeah. a pie. So doing, we got to dive into Dive there. into it, So right? you joined the game at 12. At 12. Let's talk about that. Why?
1: Oh, my gosh. So you
0: got, because- You got a country mama, and you got a brother from the east side. It sounds like you got a pretty solid home. A pretty
2: solid Both home. Both your parents at the house, right? Yeah. No. So, oh. no,
1: my parents divorced when I was two. Okay. So my dad, but, but my dad is a, you know, college grad. My dad went to Morris Brown, will not ever let me okay, Yeah. <laughs> and you know, my, my mom, my mom went to, she went to Atlanta school of art, the art school of Atlanta. Cool. And okay. Yeah. She went to, yes. And when she left, she started working at the airport. That's how Mac came into the mix so before oh, I was born my mom dope. Dope. knew Mac and she's that just that hard-working black woman that just worked her way up so my mom has been a GM at the airport forever Four like years, almost so. going on 30 years and so growing up in Clayton County you are before you start sports to me you on the street. Mm-hmm. And there's not like AU and seven on seven and all that just became a thing. Okay. Yeah. There was
0: none of that. Ooh. There was no
1: and we didn't have a lot of rec centers either. Mm. So you outside.
0: Right. For real.
1: And those the older people are like your family. They're like your older brothers and sisters. I'm the only child by my mom. My dad has other kids. It ain't kids. the
0: big boogeyman. The nigga that's calling the game. You ain't scared of... I know yeah, what I tell folks. The streets is only scared of niggas that's inside. <laughs> <laughs> when you outside, the streets are just, shit, that might
2: be a brother. That might be a Yes. Yeah. And
1: so, you know... They were my big sisters. Like, there were girls. Like, these were my big sisters. And I'm talking about, I remember girls, you know, like, me being in fifth and sixth grade. I remember girls in eighth grade pregnant. But that Dang. was not, that wasn't abnormal. We was excited. Like, oh, she even that baby. We finna be on. You know, that whole thing is so. Y'all heard that
0: hood shit. Y'all heard that.
1: We up. Exactly. So, okay,
0: keep going, keep going.
1: So, I say, so. I joined not because of like fear. It was like one, everybody else is doing it. And this is my hood. Right. So it is one swing, we all swing. Right. It is. If we Dang. go somewhere, we out. I know them. And not just because of the color of the flag, not just because. It's like we really, we from this Did you street put it and in work street. or were
0: you just flying a flag? Did you no, put in work? No, no, no. I put
1: in work. But let me tell you when it got real for me. Okay. Let
2: me. How can I disclaim? Don't well, 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 get yourself. In let, trouble. Let me, we'll say this now. This is the pod. So if you say something and you think like, oh damn, I'm just, we get headed it yeah, 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 yeah. no, started. but even because I ain't gonna
1: let you get locked up. No, 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 not even get locked up. But I will say that founder.
0: It became. <laughs>
1: Let i say this. No, goddamn funny
0: ass. Really, okay, God. please don't hit me. Fucking using everything. Don't hit
1: me with the Rico. They doing that right now. <laughs> no. okay, so I ain't even. But no, what I will say is that when it came down, I always my my mom raised me. I always tell people like a little boy, like. My mama bucket you quick. Ain't no tears. You fell off your bike. Don't cry. You bring your bond in the house, right? right? So I always knew the consequences of everything that I was doing. And so I would weigh options like, all right, we're going to do this, but we're going to make it out of this. Mm, okay. If we do that, we might not make it out of that. So I'm going to let y'all go and I'm going to just drive the getaway card. You know, like, I was that type tank, of, tank, that tank. was me, like, yeah, you know. Smart thug. Definitely, definitely the intellectual <laughs> that, that, that's,
2: one. That's the smart thug move because I will say on the south side, man, because you went to elementary school there, you went to When I moved to the south side, I was not going to ninth grade. And when I met everybody, it was like that, like. Somehow, everybody was damn... They knew each other because they all fucking grew up with each other. Grew up with each other. Everybody done dated each other. Everybody done been cool. You know, your moms. All all that shit, all that. So it's like, I understand exactly what you mean. It don't seem like no gang. It seems like everybody's damn cool and this is where the neighborhood y'all grew up in. And hell, you know... This what it is. That's what it was. It's funding the
1: community for real, you know? And so for me, like I said, I always knew the consequences. So there there was... There were some things that I just wasn't going to do. And as I got older, because I cheered, like I was cheer captain, homecoming queen, all this stuff.
0: I was always Cuba Gilda Jr. They always be like, man, pull over. Get out of the car, man. Yeah. (laughs) But that's what I was leading to. Let me out. Let me I But
1: that's what I was leading to. Like, that's what it was for me. Like, my big homies, girls and guys would be like, nah, bro, you got a game tomorrow. Or, no, you're going to you're gonna make it out. I still, I, I still got homegirls and homeboys today that they I will see no. them. I will see them. I will pull up on them. And they always just keep doing what you're doing. We always knew you was going to get out. We always knew you would be the one. you doing what you supposed to be doing. Mm. Because it was that. It was always, all right, yeah, get out the car. Or, no, nah, you're not coming. Or, you just need to stay at the house. Or, mm. you stay inside. But I never felt, I ain't never been trying. Mm-hmm. I ain't never been beat up, and I tell kids all the time: like, real recognize real. You heard that? quick flip? <laughs> real, real recognize real. I don't, I don't care how book smart you are. I don't care where you come from. Real recognize real. You look
2: like you got hands. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Tank, tank, tank. So that's that this, lot of the height there, oh, like oh, oh, right there.
1: And I was supposed to. I always tell people I jumped off the porch at 12, right? And I I knew my mom could tell because when I was entering eighth grade, That's how I ended up going to Adamson versus going to Kendrick my eighth grade year and then and then going to Riverdale. Like my mom just knew because I was I was just acting out. I was I was never gonna do that at school. I always tell kids now, you stupid to me if you flunk in school and you go to school try to be the bad guy. Let me see what you bow when we (laughs) after 345. I never played games in school. I didn't fight in school. I never cussed a teacher out. I was an A-B honor roll student. You didn't even know I was flagged up in middle school unless you knew me for real. You know what I'm saying? Like my teachers didn't know that because I didn't play about school. I, I need that sheet of paper for real for me. So when I was spiraling out of control outside of school, my mom was like, "You're not going there, Kendrick." And so I was supposed to go to North Clayton Middle School my eighth grade year. What we went good, eh? to North Clayton Middle School, right, to go because at the time we were in uniform. And I guess there was like a fight that had just broke out because my mom came home and was like, "You're not going there either." So my eighth grade year, ill. I didn't go to school until September because my mom was like, you're not going to Kendrick, you're not going to Riverdale, you're not going to North Clay." So we just don't no wait. But what ended up happening is uh, the the assistant principal that was at Kendrick went to Adamson and he was like, if you can get her to Riggs Road every day, Miss Henderson, she ain't come to Adamson. So that's how I got to know 231. That's how I got to know Mount Zion. That's how I got to know all the people over there. But a lot of them knew me because of my big homies on 85 on the other side of Clayton County. See, this shit like jail. Are so, like, you thinking transfering a nigga out? Yeah. You don't to
2: put this nigga in the house.
1: No, I had no problem. And then going <laughs> to high school, I auditioned Not for the magazine. Now he's he connected. Me, like.
0: Hey, you actually, uh, this is good. You're doing good for your first five potting. Thank you. are around a round of applause. You the you're doing great. You doing,
1: doing great. Went to Mount Zion. Worth the wait. Worth the wait. Really. Right. Uh, went to Mount Zion was an all-star at Mount Zion, A.B. on the road, Captain of the Chilling Squad, um, Miss Sophomore, Homecoming Queen, just great class president, junior class president, senior class president. I got the county award when I graduated. I applied to 10 colleges. I didn't get into one of the schools that I applied for. I had a 3.9 GPA. And so, I had, I was like, this is crazy. Like, ain't no way, bro. Like, Ain't no way I, I work, I work for this. Like it wasn't even just about me getting out of Clay County. It was about me just being something, mm-hmm. me just being something right. like, I just want to be something. Right. And at the time it wasn't as, you wouldn't have social media and all these people doing all these things that we could see where it was like, I could just graduate from high school and become an entrepreneur. Right. When I was coming up by 2013 in that era, you go to college to be something. Right. right. So I was devastated. And thank God my parents, my mom and my dad knew somebody, knew somebody, knew somebody, knew somebody, and knew, knew, knew somebody, knew somebody, knew somebody that worked in the admissions office at Hampton University. Mm. And the lady was like, I need her to write, I think, a two-page, three-page paper of why we should allow her into Hampton. Not only does she have to write the paper, if we send her an admissions letter, she has to go to pre-college. So I graduated in May, and then I had to go be on Hampton's campus by June, and I had to pass. Mind you, I never even heard of Hampton University.
0: So this new, oh, this new.
1: I'm like, it's the HBCU. I wanted to go to UGA. One, because I'm just a die hard
0: bulldog, okay?
1: That's number one. Two. All
0: hood folk know where UGA is, bro. Exactly. <laughs> like, so
1: I just want to, you know, I had family go. Like, whatever. I want to go to UGA. I'm like, I've never heard of Hampton. If I wanted to go to HBCU, it would have been like Fort Valley or Albany because my mama's feet off. what went. Yeah,
2: oh, Fort Valley I'm I'm the right. D-Fort Valley. D-Fort hey, Valley. About, I so, and then Georgia State was lame at the time, so you weren't trying to go to State. I was
1: State. trying to go to Georgia State. <laughs> Say so, wasn't even trying to stay in the city for real. Georgia you know, State I was to,
0: definitely lame because it was like nobody wanted to go school downtown. Yeah, like, there's like I, two buildings next I, that, to Walters and shit. There's there. there two buildings next to Walters. Nobody wanted to go there. Nobody, now, the nobody. city of Atlanta is in Georgia State.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to be in the city because I'm from out here. Yeah. So I wanted to, wanted to get I out. Wanted, I wanted to get out. I wanted to experience other people. So
0: So, so I got a question. Yeah. You go to Hampton, you're in HBCU. We already know HBCU culture the party. Did you wild out? You went through your whole phase and then found God? Like, where did God come in?
1: See, God came in at 18, so before I went to him then. Okay. I started... I'm going to say this. Y'all can edit it out or not, but I did not have... my. Though I had a curfew, my mom wasn't strict on me, so parties and all of that, all of the stuff that you think girls do their fresh year in college, and out. I was like, yeah, y'all are weirdos. <laughs> y'all are away from home and like niggas cute and fine and cues and football players. I'm like, baby, we've been on the street with real gangsters. Like, I can't even go
2: out with y'all, you know. Yeah, they want no pretty niggas. Yeah,
1: like,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, smart yeah, niggas. Y'all yeah, <laughs> are like, this shit not bring it any bad, bro. cause I used to like the shoulders like that at the school. I hey, used to come to the front house and just kick it. Yeah, and be, and be laughing at the whole like.
1: Y'all are yeah. weirdos. But she
0: decided to go to college start fucking with them local hood niggas. I did. Shout out. Hey look, beautiful. everybody's more like, how is the shout local niggas Shout out to again. bad news, shout out to bad
1: news, shout out to Norfolk cause that's...
0: Yeah. Hey, we're like, how do these local niggas get our hoes? <laughs> <Like, laughs>
2: <laughs> because the real ones know they were Yeah, fuck it with was
1: just, thing. it was just really weird. And let me tell you this and be real honest with you, everybody, I was culture shocked when I went to Hampton. I had never seen upper echelon black people before. Mm, okay. Like, black people whose parents were like huge attorneys and huge doctors, like girls wearing red bottoms and uggs. Y'all know I got my first pair of Uggs when I went to Hampton, cause I was like, oh my, they were Uggs free. Gotta give me for some Uggs. That was a that was a highlight for me. <laughs> Uggs in North Face. I kid you not. Come on, right now, she got Uggs in North Face. So they like dressed up to go to class. It was makeup. It was just all of these things. And here I am. I used to have a kitty book bag. Everybody know me as a girl. I used to have a kitty boot bag. It was always like SpongeBob or Hey Arnold or something. And I wore a head wrap. Because I did, I could not keep up with the four hundred, five hundred dollar like bundles and stuff. Yeah. So I either got braids while I was in Hampton, or I wrapped my
0: hair. So she became the Erica Badu show.
1: Yeah, yeah, but okay, okay. A kind of like Erica Badu's show, but an outcast. But this is where I found my way. I was the first freshman in Hampton history to co-host a live broadcast on, um, on, the, radio. on the radio, WHOV 88.1. Mm-hmm. And then as a freshman, I got my own show called Kicking It With The Coach. So I was like heavy in production in the radio station in Hampton. And then I also worked with the football team. Mm-hmm. So after my freshman year, I was never really on campus because I was an assistant recruiting coordinator. I was assistant football assistant um, director of football operations. And then I worked at the radio station. So I thank God for that because that kept me centered. That kept me from having to feel like, oh, I got to do this. And I have to do this. Like, girls would be like, want to be my friend because I was close with the football team. Mm. But I'm like, I ain't they, sleeping with these niggas. They used, to come,
0: they niggas. used, to, they used they, to
2: come to her like, "What the hoes are? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and he was on the radio at
0: him to Hampton
2: radio ain't Shabby. Out, like, shout yeah, out, real. Real. shout yeah.
0: out to my boy uh Alex over there, Bossup yep. You know what I'm saying? He used to be on the radio. Him and uh uh Danny. Him and to yeah, Danny yes. shout
2: yes. out so, of
1: them. I was I was busy doing that. I I, I I always tell people my first freshman homecoming, I definitely wild out. Like I I wild out. But in terms of Oh, it was a whole phase. I think I had my whole phase after college,
0: because mm.
1: I felt like let me uh, to be honest with you, I feel like college
0: niggas run their mouth.
1: So I yes, was never did. the
0: type. They run their mouth so, not, all my little cousins. They're going to college. College niggas do run their mouth. They, run and they, they mouth. share those pictures. and that's
1: weird to me. And they share those pictures. So, so I can never, know. I could
2: never do
1: the <laughs> college
2: dating thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see I'm I'm, I'm laughing because. Yeah. I'm laughing like, because... Yeah.
1: And that's how yeah. I'm like... I was like, nah, I'm good. Because then you'll be pillow talking with your homeboy or then your homegirl. And I I can't be these See, I didn't up. go to... I'll be kicked d- out of school if I get to fighting. Up, so. I ain't go to college. I was the
0: local nigga. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got the college girls in your house doing the homework? Oh, man, I gotta come see,
1: do like, home like, work. He see, like
2: the homework. He's gonna get me. Th- see, the thing about the local <laughs> nigga, see... I, I fuck with local niggas because like I said I played Sigma, right? And down in Fort Valley, the Sigmas were known to be cool with locals. Yeah. So we were the only frats that had like a local pass. Yeah. So like during the summer times, like niggas, were like, bro, how you know these niggas from over here? I'm chilling. Yeah, we we chilling with these niggas, bro. Like, them... I'm chilling. Yeah. And I
1: worked like I was a I was a cheerleading coach while I was in Hampton at Hand High School. Shout out to my babies at Hand. And I worked in Newport News at the Cove, which was like the spot. Like the Cove is like that, that lounge in Newport News. They got a DJ on Fridays and Saturdays. They close at three. You know, they got the best drinks, you know, so I was extremely. Involved in the community because the community, like the real seven, five community is what reminded me most of Clayton County and not in a bad way, but just that, that well-balanced, like everybody here knows everybody. They're cool. You, they, they love, you know, each other. They, they real, they were, they were real people. Right. And I, I remember going into some local parts and being Hamptonized, right? Cause after you go to HBCU, they teach you, to, you know, Cross, cross at the ankle, do this, do this, do that. And I remember going around certain people and they would be like, oh, she from Hampton. And I would be like, nah, go to Hampton. I'm from Riverdale though. Like, so, roll that up.
0: <laughs> you know. You kept that going. okay yeah. kept, kept that grounded from home. Grounded yes, from home.
1: Extremely grounded from home. And. Graduated.
0: What, you, what I about to say? What did you graduate with your degree?
1: Yeah, strategic communications, which is just a more political word for journalism and okay. communications. And I had a minor in pre law. So what definitely, was the goal?
0: Then we about to get to the current. Yeah. So the, goal? the
1: the goal was to be the number one sports publicist in the world. Because you in the sports like that. I love for real, like love, love at the time. Like it's still a love of mine, but different. Do, do I love the ki- I love the kids now, the babies now. I know, baby, yeah. yeah, I love the babies now.
0: But you ain't like in the sports, sports like that.
1: Explain that. Like, am I about to tell you? Oh, so and so just did a pick route, and it's a wildcat. No, I'm not doing that.
0: Exactly.
1: But I can, you know, I I can talk what I know.
0: Michael Vick ain't your favorite quarterback, yet. No, Peyton Manning is. Okay, I just want to say, you know, when girls say Michael Vick, I don't, I don't trust. Her. But he, <laughs> but everybody, but,
2: knows Michael
0: Vick.
1: so Peyton Manning is my favorite quarterback. Deion Sanders is my favorite, like player in the world. Yeah, that's my favorite. Bo athlete. Jackson is my Bo Jackson is my second player. Ever okay, in the world. so you
0: just got credit. You got you got credit. Yeah, Peyton Manning is commercial. D.L. Sanders is, especially with everything he's doing at HBCU, is expected, but we yeah. just said Bo Jackson. Yeah. Okay, you, you credibility. Say yeah. you credibility, this game. Yeah, okay. I
1: love, 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 love Bo. Like, incredible. Okay. Yeah. And so, but yeah, so I wanted to be the number one sports publicist in the world. I remember telling my mom at, at 16 years old that I was going to go to the draft, I'm going to the draft and be with first-round draft picks, be with first-round draft picks. And I did, that. And I accomplished that multiple times. And after that, it became anybody that's in the sports and entertainment industry will know that the the higher you climb, the more politicky it gets. Mm-hmm. I'm too pee for some of the stuff, so it became I wasn't fulfilled because I felt like the Smoky Mirrors were making people falsify who they really were, mm-hmm. and I tell people all the time I think my my crown and my cross. Is that I'm a I'm I'm so authentic. Mm. So some stuff I'm not gonna do because I'm, I'm just a real woman. Right. Like I ain't doing that. And then some stuff I'm not gonna do because that shit goofy. <laughs> like you goofy, I'm not doing that. But call me back after you post that tweet. Like I'm not doing that, bro. I can't do that. That's goofy. I'm not. I just can't. You know. So for me. Working with all of these, you know, players and going to all of these events and the ESPYS and the red carpets and dealing with all these people, I liked it, but I didn't love it because I felt like I wasn't finding my purpose. My career, yes, I was. I was using the heck out of my degree, using my HBCU networking. I'm showing up on time. People love, you know, black people, I just, we love your energy. Right. And then the white people would be like, it's just something about you. It's just something about you. I'm me. That's it. You know? So, but I felt like in those spaces, I was thriving. I was thriving, but it was not purposeful.
0: Gotcha.
1: It was just like, this is going to make me a lot of money one day. Right. And I'm going to be able to say that I did this with this person. It did, did this with this person, but what's really the, the purpose of it all. Like, why am I really here besides me telling my mom that I was going to be here one day? And that's what I challenge kids. Like, after you have accomplished what it is that you said you were going to accomplish, then what? You
0: know what? What's the big?
1: You know, what's the, what, what's next? And so, uh, m- moved back to Atlanta, worked for a sports marketing company. That didn't work out. Um, I, Went to work at Wings on Wheat, which is a family restaurant. They have one on the south side and one on the east side. And I worked as a cashier at a chicken wing place for two years. And during that time, I remember being not depressed, but I was just so disappointed. Because I felt like people were going to be like, she went to Hampton and she been to the draft And she been here and she been there. And we just see her. Off my on at the chicken spot. Like, right. hello, Thank man. You Take your order. order of 10 peas. <laughs> Limp it away. You want a peach crack? Shout out to peach crack. You know? And so I was just, I was disappointed because I did not understand where I was going next.
0: Hindsight, what was that moment for you? What was, why were you there for two years? Ooh. Hindsight.
1: God was just hiding me. Hmm. Just hiding me. Like, getting me back. focused on things that were not material, not the money, not the bags, not the purses, not the shoes. Because when you end those sentences, and I tell people all the time, when you end those sentence, it's easy for you to be like, oh, this is not going to turn me on, and it don't matter what I drive, and it don't matter what I this, until you get in there. Right. So you get in that space, and that is just the language. But a lot of those people are empty. And so, I, I, I know now today that he had me I'm going to call it the chicky coop, but he had me at wings on weed because I had to shed that off my life.
2: It was a huffling
1: phase. Yeah. I had to really want purpose and not people. I had to really want purpose and not things. I had to really want purpose in the will that I know he has for my life versus the approval of people and the likes and the fame and the celebrity and all of that. Like I had, I had to go through that shedding phase and after that shedding phase, it was like...
0: Where did we land?
1: Uh overflow. So right now, I can't express... I can't say the label that I work for, but I work for a music label now. I'm signed NDA, so I can't work for a music label now. major and music label. A major music label now. And I am also the, one of the house managers... It rhymes with... No, just black. <laughs> right. I, I'm also one of the studio managers at Studio House Atlanta in the Vault, and a lot of people do their their music videos and podcasts and things of that nature there. But ultimately, that's just a pit stop. Right. Ultimately, I really want to be. The, you really are. I really am. I really am a one of the world's most impactful public speakers, motivation speakers. And so I was telling you the other day, we were on the phone. I'm publishing a journal this year. And my journal is so, my journal is so interesting to me and so sacred to me because literally every guy that I've dealt with, every bad experience that I've had, every good experience that I had, every high experience that I've had, everything is in my journal. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until last year that as I was writing it, every now and then when somebody came over, like my girlfriends or whatever, I would let them read the journal. And people would, like, be crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? And like, this just saved me, or this just, this this just, that. And I'm like, wow, I should publish, you know, some of it. And I look back at some of the journal entries that I've written in 2009, 2010, 2011, 19, whatever it is. And I'm like, wow, girl. Ain't it
0: crazy? Just looking at your mind. Like, I journal, and... um... It's so funny, like just even in a year. Like if you look at what you wrote in January, like what was your voice in January versus what was your voice in December? Like it's crazy. I remember when COVID hit. Oh my god, this that might be my funniest journal. Journal? Yeah, because COVID hit, man, I had you know, I'm speaking life. This is the year I'm gonna do da ba da da da. Then got that he hit February, end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and then like there's a big-ass gap. I don't start journaling again until, like, September. Yes. Because it's like, what the fuck am I journaling? You yes. know what I'm saying? So it's it's crazy when you really get into that habit of journaling yes. and just watch your voice maturity.
1: Well, I, I went to Africa in 2019, and I came back
2: 2020.
1: Mm. So imagine somebody not knowing about, you know, covid or anything that's coming you know so imagine going to preparing to go to africa right you're not thinking nothing of covid so you was
0: in africa during covid
1: i I, so i left christmas day 2019 i came back from africa january 13th Mm, okay. so right before
2: they cut it off before they stopped it
1: but when cry. we got back that's when all the talk so you know we getting off the plane. I'm looking at people like why y'all you know like what's <laughs> going on and everybody like girl you don't even know what's been going on we about to be on now and I'm like what you mean show I just came back from the motherland like I'm ready to go Ooh, I got bro. my hair lock you, hey, hey. you know like I went
0: to Africa came out I was like oh, I'm about to get my hair locked. Now,
1: I'm about to do this I'm about to do the
0: that the motherland you know I recently went to South Africa. The motherland visit is always so recharging. But people don't understand that. People don't understand that. Like it's 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 such a recharging moment.
1: Yes, like really it is. So, you know, coming coming back from Africa and now stepping into A lifestyle of purpose, a lifestyle that means something, a lifestyle that is wise. And I, I, I say all the time, I think one of the things that our, that our culture is missing is just wisdom because we don't have meaningful conversations all the time you know so you you thank god for a real podcast you thank god for genuine people you thank god for niggas that don't just want to sit on the phone and you know talk about nothing because there there's so many things in the world to be talking about and not even just in the world just about you personally you know and so one of the things that I strive and that I preach all the time is that when you open your mouth to say something, whether you talk to somebody five 15, 50 or 500, make it meaningful. And that's not deep. Right. Like that's, that's not me wanting to really talk to you or ask you about your life or actually you about your, like that's, that's not deep. That's not a deep, you know, mindset or, always oh, got to be a deep conversation. No, let's just make it mean- meaningful so that I hear something from you. And the next time I go to the grocery store, it's like, oh, you know what? He'll say, he like, avocado. I'm going a- I'm to pick some up
0: today. So you are one of the most world's most impactful motivational speakers. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. There's, you know. People that paved the way like Les Brown. Yes, you I worked with him. Yeah, yeah, you know, Les Brown. Six, He's great. You know, so I like Les. Yes. Uh and then, you know, Les birth people like E. T. You know the hip hop preacher. You wouldn't have an E. T. if it wasn't for a Les. Yes. And, you know, now we got you. And, then, and from E. T. you got the uh, there's so many you can get from them. Uh what's the guy with one arm, Bumpy? Inky. Inky, Inky Johnson, Inky Johnson, yeah. Inky Johnson comes from E.T.'s class. Yes. Uh, technically, uh, Western I studied under him. Um, what's your boy who I'm beefing with? Podcast beefing with.
2: I wasn't even going to say it. That's I was going to listen I'm cutting
0: I'm it saying, out. <laughs> you're cutting it out anyway. So. I'm podcast beefing I'm oh, podcast beefing with him. I <laughs> so, love it. So, uh, now it's you. Yeah. All of the, they, they have specific groups they talk to. Who is your audience you feel like you are called? Or who you feel like you impact the most?
1: Young, young people. So, girls and guys aging from 15 to 23. Okay. Because, 20. and That's I a say That's that- a very-
0: Important age. Yes. I got my nephew. I'm, I'm trying to get him to come live with me. He's
1: yes. 15. Yes. It's it's transitioning. So it's at 15, you're transitioning in high school. And then from 18 to about 21, you're transitioning either into college or just into adulthood. Yes. And those were the most crucial moments of my life. Like just straight valleys, uphill, then valley again. And I believe that the reason why the generation turns to so many other and alternative things for wisdom and education and knowledge is because there are not enough (laughs) authentic people talking about that transition. Mm. And that's why a lot of times when I go to, and I talk to young adults, I get, I talk so much about me at that age because it's easy for you to read my journal at twenty seven. When I'm like, oh, I work for this person, and the last night I was with this person and this person, and we did it. Right. Like, you're gonna be like, oh, this is so cool. I want that.
0: And she has worked for a lot of major people. I'm just gonna let y'all know. You yeah. Know, not, you know, every time I see her, it has been in the the big room. She's not, <laughs> uh, yes, you know,
1: thank Mac you, Mac alone. You know, yes, you thank know. you.
0: And if you would, Mac, I mean, just put it in perspective. Like, when the presidents come to fundraise in Atlanta, they do it at Mac's house. Yes. Like, talking about President Obama, talking about Kamala here. Like, when they come yes. to raise money, they come to his house to do it. Yes. So, she's managing these events. So I just want to put that in context. Yes. For the people that's watching.
1: Yeah. So. And 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 my message is, really, you don't have to be the bad girl or the bad guy. You don't have to be the woman that's going to sleep your way to the top to get this, this, that, and the third. You mm-hmm. don't. Be yourself. Yeah, when you be authentic when you walk in that room. If you want to go trap out the bando, just don't go. All
0: right. So we got something we say uh, <laughs> at the Just Eldridge podcast. You ready?
2: Born ready. Okay. Born
0: ready. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Whatever well, that said, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, right now I am super excited because for the first time on the Just Eldridge podcast, we are introducing one of the most powerful, impactful. Motivational speakers in the game right now, coming all the way from Clayton County, Riverdale, Highway 85, graduate of Hampton University. Please make some noise for motivational speaker, Malani. Can you please give a word to the young people listening to the podcast right now?
1: You all are more than what you see in the mirror. And every day in your life, you are going through tests and you are going through trial. And everything that you have gone through on the street, everything that you have gone through in class has been your helmet, your gear, has been your sword in order for you to take that next step in your life. And if I were you, I would hold tight to the armor, to the blessing, to the opportunity that you have to be yourself because only you can be you to the person that's waiting on you. And I always tell the kids that I love them. I love them with everything in me because I remember being a little girl looking at people that didn't look like me and looking at people that did look like me saying to myself, I don't want to be any of that. I just want to, I want to be myself. And if being myself gets me in that room and being in myself makes me that amount of money, if being in myself allows me to be friends with this person, then that's exactly what I want to be because I ain't changing for nobody. And not changing does not mean when somebody is giving you correction, when somebody is giving you wise counsel, you just shrug it off. Like I'm going to be me. No, not changing for anybody means knowing your authentic self. And to know yourself, you have to go through those things. You have to go through those things. And so go through those things with honor, go through those things with joy, go through those things knowing that you either joined the game, or had the baby or got high, or got drunk, but there is an end to your story. And as long as that end takes you up and up every time, you're going to win every time. You're going to win every time.
0: Round of, applause, y'all. Oh. Round, of, round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause.
1: Now, when it, let me say this about less though now, i don't know how much time we have but i didn't even know less less brown like less brown until i started working with him Ooh. i got that gig after working at wings on wheat my my one of my older cousins called me and somebody that he went to college with is like less accountant or something and less had moved to atlanta and this was when COVID hit. So he was looking for somebody to do his production because he was going like doing lives every day from his house because you know he's an older, older man. So he did not want to travel to go out. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I worked for him for about eight months. And he's one of the first people, you know, in my life that was like, you you need to speak you need you you have a voice you need to speak and i was with Shit. him every day i was with him every day and so i say that to say when we talk when we talk about being yourself people people will always be able to say about me like she been like that
0: mm.
1: that glow that light she like she that. she she been like that like she been dropping gems like she been like that and Going into these spaces, I I was just able to move, and I always tell people I can code switch. It's a skill, but I'm the best of both worlds because I know I know what it's like. I <laughs> I know what it's like to really come from the bottom and to really be at the bottom. I done seen it. I done seen a lot of things that kids eleven, twelve, and thirteen should not see, but I've also seen a lot of things that people behind the wall will never see in their life. And so that humbles me. My life humbles me. I didn't do the things that I do to glorify it. I always tell people, don't don't make me the the girl from the hood. If I wanna tell that story, I'm gonna tell that story to them kids in their face. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I want them to see that. And they do. And I go in these places and they like, yo, she gotta come go back. Yeah. Cause they looking for that. Yeah, I gotta um
2: Hey man, I'm on the pot. I'm like, she gotta come back. You yeah, yeah, yeah. know, like, like, like,
0: like, you know, it's. I knew it was gonna be like this because again, like we talk, and it's always like this. Yeah, but I definitely want to support you on your journey. Thank I, I want to support you on your journey. I want to get you in front of some young people. You know what I'm saying? So I'm committed to finding you some paid gig. I, I man, okay? you
1: know
0: you deserve to be paid.
1: Find your black man that want to invest in you. on you're <laughs> saying.
0: <laughs> so, nah, no, nah, no, I, I support and I believe it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, hell, uh, when Les Brown himself tells you to pick up the mic, you know, you can't get a better blessing in the public speaking world yeah. than that. Yeah. You can't. And yes. uh, I believe you. I'm, so, I'm super proud of you. Thank you. And, you know, I thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Yes, thank you. For those that are listening, this is who you want to hire. If you have a youth group, um, you have some young people that need to be encouraged to really find themselves, you know what I'm saying a lot of times we're teaching young people stuff before they're ready, yep, like I don't you don't need to learn about how to code, you need to learn how to you know do none of this stuff until you learn how to be who you, you are. are, yes, sir. and when you learn who you are, it does what it, you discover what I call the compass, and I have a North star, so every decision I make is according to my north. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can literally be asked, do you want to do this? And I'm like, eh, that ain't lined up with what my north is. You yeah. know, you don't know what your north is yes. until you know who you are authentically. So yes. your, your message is needed. Your message is wanted. You thank know what you. I'm saying? Your message is truthfully missing. Thank you. And we don't have enough people doing it, so we thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I have a question for you. I do my best when I'm in these settings, and when I say these settings, I don't mean you know podcast settings, just settings and with black men. I love y'all, mm. like <sighs> Jesus, I just love y'all. I love y'all, and I would, I want to know as a successful black man, right? A mm-hmm. black man from Monroe, Georgia, a black man that is really just stepping out on the limbs to create and to monetize and to do. What do you see? I don't want to say that black women are missing, but what is it about our culture that has been the challenge of just bringing us together in terms of healthy relationships? Because I, that's one of the things I, I don't, I don't talk about it a lot because it's not my expertise. And I always tell people like, I'm a different kind of woman. So don't ask me that question, you know, but I, I know that there is a, I don't even want to call it a divide. I think that we are both running the same race, yeah. but I think that we're having a hard time making the lanes merge because we want to be super successful. Y'all want to be super successful. I know what it is, and I mean,
0: I mean, this is my expertise. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, but look, we know that's why I, ask. As I always watch the show. I'm like, oh, what am I to say? One,
0: one word. One word. I feel like young sisters are missing. Um. Uh, intergenerational tutors, intergenerational mentorship. And let me explain. Brothers, we can look at a Mac and say, I need to learn from him. I'm going to sit at his feet. I'm going to call him. I'm going to listen. I'm going to learn. And I'm going to grow what I need to grow. Got it. And we're willing to even take what we like and then spit out the bones for the stuff that we don't, you know what I'm saying, don't agree with. What I see in young girls, because they're so focused on living a life that is free of trauma, free of pain, free of drama, which they deserve. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they throw the baby out with the bathwater with their older generational information. Got it. Because they think, oh, my grandma, she didn't really love him. That was trauma. You know what I'm saying? She was abused and he had multiple women and you just feel like she don't got nothing for you. And now you see a lot of older women not talking to younger girls. Yes. And I see, and, I, and I'm only speaking from experience because mm-hmm. one thing about dating me, when you date me, I have a resource that a lot of young brothers don't have. I have mentorship available with brothers who've been married. I got brother Jahai. I talk to him at least three times a week. Yeah. He's been married for 50 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Miley Davis been married for 20, 30 years. Like I got older brothers who are not perfect husbands but they have been on this journey. Yes. And then typically the women that I'm dating are talking to their friend. Maybe married three years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, or they, they're single friend. They don't even got a boyfriend and there's no mentorship there on the relationship side. So, good. so what happens is you're not taking in. It's, we're all on a journey. All of this is a, a marathon. Yes. We're all running a marathon. So as men, Men, we'll, we'll get advice. And we'll be like, shh, well, you better miss that pothole. Uh, don't get no girl pregnant at this age or don't do X, Y. Like, brothers will give you that advice. Now, sometimes some of the advice is very dampered in the sense of uh, men telling you don't get married. You know, you hear a lot of that stuff. You know, you hear a lot of brothers anti-marriage because that was their experience. Right. But we're at least listening to their experience. I feel like young sisters ain't even trying to listen to the I feel like we just, like, I mean, your girl said it. What's the loudmouth girl? girl, uh, Simone, be Simone. You know, she came out talking about Dr. King and she was like, oh, he was not a good man. He like, like that whole rant she went on. Like now it's like, you about to literally throw out everything. Every, mm-hmm. and, and what you, if Dr. King was not that much of a good husband, why would Coretta Scott King take her life? Her life work is his center. Yes. That's what we know, like Coretta Scott King built that center. Yes. It started in the basement. Yes. It wasn't Ambassador Andrew Young. Yes. It wasn't Uh, John Lewis. It was Coretta Scott King. Yeah. So if he wasn't that great of a man, why would she spend her life work to make sure his name was never forgotten? Yeah. But we hear one story, oh, he had women, oh, he did this. Now you literally not listen to it at all. Right. So I think that's what's missing in our relationships. Like I don't think women are open to hearing the good that came out of our traditional relationship values. So therefore we're leaning on what we think we know. Yeah. And what we know now is I'm going to get mine. I'm going to do me. I'm gonna win. Oh, like, and it, it's like, and I don't even want to get into that conversation about the whole Lori Harvey thing that whole came up, but Uh like, my brothers be calling out Lord Hard in the argument. Women say, well, she doing? What men been doing for years?" But have men been right or have men been wrong? Right. You know what I'm saying? So if we wrong, obviously she wrong. So it's a, it has to be a corrected yes behavior. behavior. Yeah, and, I agree. And I just think it ultimately, uh, and we just went to a whole square moment. But I, I just think ultimately, what you see in relationship now, I'm not gonna let you hurt me first. So whether that looks like me hurting you first or me never opening up to, to you, you or me never trusting you. Yeah. So we're just in these relationships guarded and yeah. we never, we're never not getting anywhere. Wow.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. Because I have a, a huge takeaway. And I ask because as I am definitely going around talking to young girls, that is something that I want to teach them. And I always tell people, you know, the first outside of my family, the first people in my life that were real mentors to me were men, mm-hmm. black men, mm-hmm. because I always used to reach, I would reach a, a peak with black women where it's like, I don't want to give you that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always tell people that uh, that's going to be one of the reasons why I know why I am successful because what you, what? Have, you, you have. can, you can have it because I'm giving it to you with the tools for you to do better with, what I'm already giving you. Mm. And so, so I asked for that reason. I asked for the other reason because people are always, you know, but when it comes back to me being a true self, well, why are you single? Why are you this? Why are you that? And like you said, because I run into this, We can't have a conversation. You don't want to talk about it, you know, and it, it is, it, it has been a, it has been a challenge. And I think the other thing is, I think once we've reached certain accomplishments in our lives, I think that we become very selfish. And I, I, I am a firm believer that relationships, friend and friend, um, um, just your, your best friends as well as your, your boyfriend or your husband, that's a partnership, meaning that I have to share and meaning that I have to, you know, give and I also have to be able to receive. And so sometimes for me as a woman, I hear a lot of my friends saying they, they don't receive because oh, he wants something. Like if I take it, if I say yes, like he wants something, like what he wants. it's like, n- no, this yeah. just might just be an act of, this really might be an act of kindness.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that's something you could, uh, drop off to the young girls too yeah how to navigate those spaces with especially black men because based off what else was saying you also see a level of women who are so scarred by toxic masculinity yes. that they assume that every man especially a black man is coming with that energy and now we might just actually see something in you that hey a lot of times see, because he see, men know in an old in an old g would tell you women work Yeah. Niggas be bullshit. So if you see a woman like yourself that's going to put in some work, let me keep dropping into it because unfortunately these young men, they kind of want to get it on their own Whereas a young woman who's working, she gonna listen, she
1: gonna, she, Yeah, gonna, thrive. Yeah. So I, 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 thank you for that because that's something that I can share with them. And like I said, you know, being that I am in the entertainment business and then work with sports for so long, I, I deal a lot with, um, with our young men and I work for Pylon 707. Shout out to Pylon 707, our nationals in, in Chicago, 4th of July weekend. Dang. And it's, um, alright. And it's a lot. It's, a, it's it's male athletes, right. and I actually have one of the the young guys that I met in Hawaii when we did our tournament. His dad and he are here this week and next week, and I'll be spending some time with him and just dropping jewels on him. Because I want to I wanna know, what about girls does he like? And cool. I want to be able to share with him some of the things to look for in a girlfriend and a woman and those things. And so I ask for that reason, because as I am on this journey and and going around in these schools and nonprofits or wherever I am speaking to young adults, I want that to become part of, you know, my notebook and my backpack. Like, we're going to take a 10-minute segment and we're going to talk about being a good girlfriend. <laughs> and being able to you know talk to the black talk to the black to the man yeah I'm a
0: to the clan.
1: yeah because we we love y'all and i always tell my friends whether you have a boyfriend a father in your life you need to tell the black man every day that two love them Little brother, big you,
0: brother. Uh, we gonna run into a whole 5 I'm gonna bring you back. Yeah, on this subject. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know no, we, we. On we Black
0: Man you. Appreciation Day, we gonna bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna bring you back. So, um, yeah, you just do that one time. With that sound. I love you, Black Man. I love you, Black Man. Hey. I love you, love you, love you so hey. much. <laughs> so tell people, how can they find you, please?
1: Y'all can find me at melani or you can go to at on Instagram and Facebook at the real Milani m That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L. M-A-L-A-N-I underscore. But just MilaniMitchell.com. Y'all can find me. 678-353-5076. Call me. Hit me up. Okay. I love, I give, I give you my number, all right? And you know what's, it's so crazy. My friends in elevation school. These niggas be like
2: this. They like, <laughs> <laughs> they
1: like, <laughs> <they're laughs> like, <laughs> <they're laughs> like <laughs> Melani, you done had the same number <laughs> since you was in second grade. I have had the same number mine, ever since I got a phone. Damn. That has been my number. So if you say you can't find me,
2: when this lift. shit go on
0: YouTube, i niggas <laughs> <them links> coming.
1: <laughs> come on, just come with, the sense. Come with some sense, because after a couple of hours, I'm gonna be like, now what you say it again? Let me help you. Block uh, not block people. I don't do that. Okay, okay. I'm black people. I just. I just keep my distance because I I always say this. I never really want you, and this this is all so my exes, my exes know this too. I never I've only really had two genuine ones. I just started dating for real time after college. Yeah. I lost my virginity at twenty one.
2: Boy, this niggas, this niggas watching this like, hold on, only two
1: exes. Yeah, like,
2: good quality, right? Yeah, I want
1: uh, new exes. Yeah, nah, nah. (laughs) I messed around, okay. But as far as like, that's my boyfriend. I've only literally had two of those.
2: But what was I about to say? That's the same thing. Like, I can count on my
0: fingers. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, look, I'm gonna bring you back. I got to record some more episodes. Yeah. I love you, though. I
2: love you, too. Thank, Thank you so, y'all so much, much. For
0: coming. Man, we say it every week, man. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Jess Eldridge Podcast. Just a- Take it away, man.
2: City with T.I.,
1: outcast and we everybody know about Atlanta, it's just a cool shit, everybody know about the scammers, by the trappings, and what we living now, it's just that lifestyle, on my podcast, I'm trying to hit it real now, hit perspective, we want to keep it real now, every day we on the grind, sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside, oh, 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 Damn. it's just L.G., it's just it's just Tonin' in on the podcast. Tonin in on the podcast. Yeah, real things. You know we gon' last. Yeah, kick it back, kick it back, oh. kick it
2: back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.